0: about the new report out from the Josh Burson Company, The Definitive Guide to Recruiting Human-Centered Talent Acquisition. Janet Mertens, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Hello, John. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be
0: here. It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Toronto, Canada. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about a recent report out from the Josh Burson Company titled The Definitive Guide to Recruiting Human-Centered Talent Acquisition. I love everything in this space, so it's going to be a super fun conversation. I'll share your bio here in just a minute. Um, but as the VP of research for the Joss Burson company, of course, you're heavily involved in all of these research endeavors and dissemination. Uh, So it really is a pleasure and an honor to have you on the podcast today to be able to talk more about this research. As we get started, I wanted to share Janet's bio with everyone. As I mentioned, Janet Mertens is VP of Research at the Josh Person Company and is an experienced talent leader exploring next-gen people practices. She has spent 20 years designing strategies that transform work in healthcare, education, banking, and public sector organizations around the world. Empowering people to do their best work is her passion, and right now she's thinking about business transformation, technology, and work, healthy organizations, and the job market. Uh, and I could go on and on and on about your illustrious background and career, but I'll pause there, give you a chance to chime in. Anything else you would like to share with listeners about your background or personal context before we start talking about the report?
1: No, John, I think you, you hit all the, the notes. Uh, I am just thrilled to be here, and I'm looking forward to chatting about this topic that I know is so uh, close to your heart and to mine.
0: Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. So, why don't you just start off by framing out for us the why behind this report? I mean, that's probably fairly obvious to people given the current context of the world we're in and the labor market and everything. Um, But the Josh Person Company puts out lots of different reports. And I know this is one that you've been working on for a long time and has been a real uh, strong emphasis. So, why has this been a focus? Uh, And maybe lay out some of the methodology and some of those types of
1: elements. Sure. Well, and and you know, you you hit the nail on the head. This is a um, a wild time. It's no hyperbole to say that um, the labor market, the talent market, is uh, unlike any we've seen in um, perhaps a very very long time. We started out on this journey of researching, um, recruiting, and hiring and talent acquisition almost a year, about a year ago, right at the heart of the pandemic. Um, we have been talking to you know at, at uh, At the Josh Person Company, we have the opportunity to talk to CHROs and HR executives and heads of TA um, daily, weekly. And so many of our conversations, as you would expect, John, were about hiring challenges, um, furlough periods, return to work, um, you know, the great resignation. And so what we really wanted to do in this research was understand not only what's changed in the past couple of years and what you know and, and explore some of these pressures that employers are facing in, in finding and keeping talent but also what's working for the future what's going to you know make the the most impact going forward so just to kind of frame up the research a little bit, we went out and um, this is, we started with conversations, really. I mean, the heart of this is conversations. And I want to share one to, to kind of kick things off. Uh, I was speaking with the head of TA at a major US airline and, um, you know, and, and very similar to the sentiment we heard across the board from others, her comment was, you know, TA, is coming back with a vengeance, we're ready to, you know, we're ready to hire, we've got 3,000 plus open recs, not only can we not find the people to, to hire into those roles, we also can't find the recruiters to support the hiring that we need to do. So, you know, this is a complex problem and that that story really kind of set the stage for us. Um, so we went out and, you know, talked with, with dozens of heads of TA to really get a our arms around all of the different practices that recruiting is using, either traditional or next-gen practices. And and we put together a a survey instrument that covers or explores the maturity with which organizations are deploying about 100 hiring practices. Everything in here from, you know, how are you assessing candidates and, um, you know, an onboarding in a virtual world to how is your TA you know uh, function organized and how are you operating you know what 's your governance? What kind of internal mobility practices do you have in house? How are you dealing with gig workers and and remote workers? you know really ran the gamut of um, of practices and and so we we surveyed about six hundred companies uh, for this research. We actually did the analysis on around four hundred or so companies. We really wanted to focus on the challenges of companies with 500 or more employees. So so this is based on about, you know, close to 500 companies total. And, you know, we did two things, John, with this research. One is, hey, let's look at what the maturity is today of TA as a a function, as a domain. Um, How is it situated in the business? And then let's look at which practices actually make a difference and who's doing them well. So those are the two aspects of the research.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Thank you for that background and that overview. And yeah, having a combination of these conversations and interviews coupled with uh, a survey instrument and data analysis, um, so that you can have a multi, you know, multi faceted uh, mixed methods approach, I think it's always super helpful. It's interesting, obviously, finding talent to fill roles is a challenge. You you mentioned even finding recruiters to help with the process of finding the talent is a real challenge. So this is multi-layered um, and organizations are grappling with it at every layer. Uh, and in other podcasts and in other reports from the Josh Burson, uh company, you've talked about different approaches to attracting and retaining good talent, You know, creating a nice culture, uh, innovation, all those sorts of things, all of that contributes to it. But ultimately we do have to be able to focus in on TA to be- better understand how to do it. Um, you mentioned that there are some things that are actually working quite well In uh, that came out of the research. Maybe we can start there. I like to be positive. So what's working uh, that we can continue doing or, or continuing to, to innovate on? And then we can start to get into some of those things that perhaps aren't, aren't working and we need to be more agile and, and able to shift into the, the demands of the future of work.
1: Sure, absolutely. Well, and I love the, the. Let's start with the good news, right? Um, so, so one of the things that we found that just you know really popped in this in this study was the um, the story about brand and EVP. So, as we started the research and then and then you know really dug into the data, we found uh, an overwhelming number of companies are focused on brand, and it's not surprising, given what we've been through in the last couple of years. Companies have and even 10 years before that, right? The disruptions have been nonstop. Um, But companies have really doubled down on um, employer brand and getting that messaging right, personalizing the brand and adding to the EVP, right? The the social contract between employer and employee has never, um, uh, you know, has has changed tremendously. And so, um, so I think that's a really important part of the story. And the really good news is, it's also one of the biggest uh, areas or drivers of impact across not just talent outcomes, you know hiring people, keeping great people engaging them, but also across business outcomes like financial performance and innovation and customer satisfaction. So when your brand is crystal clear and consistent and authentic, it's making a huge difference. Now, I'll shift the story a little bit, John if you'll let me and say, that it is a good news story to know that companies are focused on it. I think it was the number one element in our research that that, um, companies are prioritizing. However, as we dug deeper, there is an opportunity here, I think, to really sharpen um, the tool belt and the tool set, I think, around uh, brand. So what we were finding is the companies that are doing this really well, that are doing this most effectively, they are truly focused not just on a very slick careers page or, you know, adding more perks to the pile to say, you know, we've got, um, you know, we've got more benefits and more well-being programs and virtual fitness classes. But really thinking um, through meaningful, inclusive and authentic benefits, uh, uh, authentic um, uh, EVP um, assets and 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 interactions. And, you know, what we say in the report, John, is, is look candidates and employees are not just looking for a job now right they are looking for a career for a future and so the companies that are doing this right are thinking more broadly about the evp and the brand and making sure that they are not afraid to tell the good the bad and the ugly story and they are really actively filling in with growth and opportunity develop um, opportunities for development um, you know, linking jobs to purpose—not just within the company and and the impact you make on the company, but the impact you make on society, on the world, on the environment—because that is what employees are looking for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I do a, a great deal of research in this space myself, and so I can just reiterate everything you're saying that you've been finding in the recent reports out from the Josh Burson company. I've I've found uh, similar. Uh, results in my various academic studies that I've published in peer-reviewed journals. This is all solid science. This is absolutely true that people want meaning and purpose. They want impact in the work that they do. I I think everyone wants that, but particularly younger generations, younger millennials and Gen Z, they just expect it. Um, Whereas I think prior generations, they might have wanted it, but they, they figure it out. We'll get there someday. Maybe that's something for later in my career or in retirement that that doesn't fly anymore and and younger employees expect it they want it right now um some people say that's entitled i just think you know that's them knowing their values and and wanting to align a big part of their lives their work life with those core values and i think that's actually to be applauded so we have to wrestle with all of that and that's that's a challenging thing in and of itself now i know one one point in the report if we start to shift now and talk about what we can do better uh at one point you talk about how the data demonstrates 75% of companies don't know how to recruit correctly that's a staggering number uh talk to us more about that and yeah, unpack sure. that a little bit for us uh when you have so many companies as you already alluded to some companies have thousands of open requisitions and job postings that are unfilled they don't know how to recruit effectively what's going on there what what, yeah. what are the main problems that you see Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy. Courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organization's We look forward to having you join us.
1: Yeah, it is a staggering uh, statistic. And I've been a researcher in in HR and and, uh, talent for a long time. And when you see stats like that, it's just, you know, it causes you to really stop and and certainly scrutinize, um, but also to really kind of get under the covers. And what we found is, look, Recruiting has been around for for decades. It's a it's one of the longest um, standing parts of HR. It's, you know, every company that has more than two or three employees needs to, to recruit what we found is so much of what's happening right now is a bit additive. Right, so companies are reacting. We saw it in our healthy organization research with well-being as companies tried to, you know, sort of strived to take care of their employees and add more benefits to the pile. The same thing is happening in recruiting. We, at, we saw the, you know, explosion of virtual hiring tools and onboarding and, and interview tools and interview intelligence. What, what the 25%, the, that cream of the crop, the pioneers are doing is they're taking a pause. They are stopping and, and being very intentional now about what they have and how to address the human element of recruiting. And at the end of the day, hiring is a human to human process. It is is not transactional. It is a relationship. And so so a couple of examples um, that I'll share with you of companies who are doing this really well. Um, So... McDonald's is a great example we talk about McDonald's in the research and uh, and I love their story because they truly are one of our North Star and level four companies we call them creative and human centered and what McDonald's has done has um, has been astounding they have incredible volumes um, for hiring uh, over a million uh, restaurant employees or frontline workers every year in the US alone so huge numbers that's a you know a, um, a challenge in and of itself but On top of that, they are also grappling with a set of hiring managers who effectively are not HR. They are, uh, and and recruiters, they are not HR. They are restaurant managers, restaurant owners and operators all across the country who are, you know, juggling and wearing many hats. So they were really struggling with their, um, their solution. It was very fragmented. There wasn't good, you know, consistency across the board. And what McDonald's did was went out, and co-designed a a new, brand new solution. They were not afraid to sort of blow up their ATS and they custom designed, or um, uh, collaboratively, I should say, designed an entirely new lightweight solution with their owners and operators and candidates in mind. So they really designed it for those those irresistible experiences. Um, And what they came up with was a solution that is a chatbot. So they really applied technology very precisely to, uh, to allow a candidate to, um, to apply for a job and be scheduled for an interview in the time it takes to drive through a drive-through. And because they designed it with the owners and operators who were ultimately the recruiters and hiring managers, um, you know, the uptake was something like 98%. So you know, these companies that are doing this well are leading the way and we have a lot that we can learn and that's what I think we're gonna unpack uh, today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's get more into that human centered talent acquisition component. That's the subtitle to this report. Uh, And, you know, I like how audacious, you know, the, the report is with, with the definitive guide of recruiting, you know, go big or go home. Right. So (laughs) I I think that's good. That's great. And then you, you already honed in a little bit on the idea that this is, this has got to be human centered and many organizations, they just have additive kind of tack on experiences. And in my experience, as I've looked around uh, at companies and what they're doing in this space, it it just seems so much of it is completely impersonal. So much of it, it, it just doesn't even do the bare minimum in terms of meeting expectations of applicants. Uh, in fostering relationships with them because it may not work out now, but you may, right. they may be a better fit for a different job posting that comes up a week from now or a year from now. And so you're only hurting yourself if someone goes through the process and has a terrible experience and says, oh, I never want to work for that company. Um, and so having more of a human-centered approach is essential. And I guess the challenge is, especially when we're short-staffed, we don't have enough recruiters like how do you how do you take more of a human centered personalized approach to something where you see where we seemingly have less and less human capacity to deal with yeah. the, well, the, like- the the thre- the the amount of work that is is going on so how do you how do you uh, utilize technology and then couple that with personalized human centered approach so that we can have a good applicant experience
1: yeah. Well, and, and I think there's a couple of things there, John, um, let's, let's hone in on the recruiter experience, first of all. So candidate experience has reigned supreme in talent acquisition for, for years now. Right. And, and most companies, um, not all, but most companies are paying attention to it, uh, investing in it, trying to personalize the, you know, the, the EVP, the brand, you know, the brand messaging and certainly the hiring process itself where the, the, top performing, the best companies in the world are, are, um, you know, miles ahead is they are switched on to the fact that candidates are not the only individuals inside or the only humans inside the hiring process. So they are really investing heavily in um, creating and designing irresistible experiences for candidates to be sure, but recruiting man- um, hiring managers, recruiters, New employees, I mean, we all know that story of, you know, having this great experience coming into a company and day two, you're sort of dropped on your own and, and off you go and there's no connection. So, you know, even extending that hiring process beyond day one, day 30, day, day 60. So these are companies that are paying attention. And, you know, when we think about recruiters, I'll share the story of um, Scotiabank, which is a Canadian bank Um You know, they have really committed to not only their candidates, and, you know, we talk about human-centered hiring. When it comes to candidates, they're focused on hiring for potential. So that's how they're approaching this, right? They're not looking in the the rearview merit skills and experiences and degrees, but rather what are those... Uh, power skills, those behavioral durable skills that the candidate brings to the table that may shift candidates from one job posting to an entirely other line of work, right? So that's the candidate side, but they're also focused heavily on the recruiter experience. And the story that the head of TA shared with me about the, the pandemic was, of course, you know, like many companies, there was a hiring freeze during the pandemic. And the recruiters were all at risk of being furloughed or or losing their their jobs. What the company did is they pivoted and shifted. They decided to take that opportunity to place those recruiters back into into the business, not back into the business, into the business to learn new skills, learn about the business that they were serving, build relationships and they, they invested heavily to do that. When those recruiters came back, they have been, you know, just incredibly more empowered to truly serve and understand the business that they are, you know, that they are, um, that are their clients. So it's been, you know, it's stories like that, that have really kind of set apart some of these companies.
0: Yeah, that's, that's super cool. And I know one of the findings in the report, it talks about, you know, this more traditional approach to linear internal mobility uh, that we've seen, you know, for generations and organizations that doesn't seem to be working as well as a tool to attract and retain good people. Um, maybe you can talk to us more about how organizations can, can effectively put in place more agile processes that closely align and link new applicants, new, new, int- new people into work design and, and future opportunities.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and, you know, this is probably the most challenging part and and maybe most surprising in a way, um, maybe the bad news story of the, the research is around internal mobility. We know, you know, we know inherently that employees and candidates are looking for growth and development and opportunities to move. And we also know that in this talent market, companies can't afford to to rest on their laurels and depend on external sources of talent. Certainly, as industries converge and you're competing constantly, um, you know, so, but, but <laughs> I'll say, uh, we were surprised to see in the research that while 70, 80% of companies that we talk to say, absolutely, we want to hire from within, the extent that that is happening is really limited to posting jobs online. So uh, internally, right? So we've posted all of our jobs online. So if candidates or employees want to hire for, you know, want to apply for them, they're, they're, they have visibility to them. And that's simply not enough. We know that, um, you know, there are a lot of factors at play here. And when we think about internal mobility, there are sort of three areas that companies are thinking through. One is certainly process, right? What are the types of opportunities? They don't need to be jobs only. They could be cross-functional projects or stretch assignments or rotation. Um, so companies like Bon Secours Mercy Health are really thinking differently about what are the types of um, internal uh, opportunities available. So that process piece, the technology piece to be sure, uh, that the talent marketplace uh, is, you know as a market is just exploding everyone is um every vendor that we talk to has a component of their solution that allows for talent marketplace but here's the here's the third and most important piece perhaps and that's the culture of mobility having and building and fostering a culture of mobility and growth and movement is not an easy thing to do and that is where many companies are still struggling how do you handle and and um navigate around talent hoarding, for example, managers who don't want to give up their their best talent. Um, Employee fear for job security. If I put my hand up and say, I would like to take this job and I don't get it, what message have I sent? Will there be retaliation? So that culture of mobility is really um, a a challenge. And that's where our level four companies are just incredible examples of um, how to kind of um, address that challenge and, and tackle it head on.
0: Wonderful. Janet, thank you so much for all of the insights and, and explaining more about this report. We've only just scratched the surface, but I know at the time, and I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute. So I encourage listeners to go out, check out the rep- the full report at the Josh Person company. And there's so many other great resources there as well. I can't recommend it enough before we wrap up for today. I just wanted to give you a minute to share with listeners how they can connect with you, where they can find Uh, this report and others, and then give us the last word on the topic for today.
1: Great. Thank you, John. Well, it's been a pleasure to to join you. This is, as you say, we've just scratched the surface. There is a lot to unpack here. Um, I am more than happy to say that our report um, findings can be downloaded from the joshperson.com website, so folks can go there. I think we'll have that link in um, in the text available. The report itself is for members only. If you're interested in finding out a little bit about the Josh Person Company membership, uh, you can certainly reach out to us. And, you know, in closing words, John, this is an exciting time. I really think this is an optimistic, um, you know, the, the silver lining out of all of this is there is an appetite for change. And our big you know our word cloud um, you know sort of word of the day for this research is that talent acquisition is ripe for change it's evolving and that was the number one sentiment that we heard and I think um, as HR professionals and in the TA space this is a really uh, incredible moment for us and uh, and I'm excited to see organizations really kind of strive uh, strive forward.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Janet. It's been a pleasure. I encourage again, listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Janet and her team can do for you. Check out the research at the Josh Person Company. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership